And just for reference, though, because, you know, the interesting part about our church is that we always have uh, new people coming to our church. And some of you guys uh, don't know this, but uh, we've been on a multi-year journey as a church where we've just seen miracle after miracle after miracle of God, providing a way for it to happen. Um, In fact, a handful of years ago, at the beginning of 2020, does anyone remember the beginning of 2020? None of you do. Don't lie. It was forever ago and so much happened. You don't even remember. Pre all of that, it doesn't even make sense. But almost four years ago, at the beginning of 2020, I opened up this word at the beginning of the year, and I read you the story of Abram in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It says this, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on earth will be blessed through you. I told you this is an amazing call to adventure that God had for Abram, to leave where he was at, to go towards uncertainty, and it came with this promise. He said, I have a promise for you that if you would go, that I have this amazing blessing for you, where I'll not only bless you, but I'll actually bless your family. I'll not only bless your family, I'll bless your lineage. I won't just bless your lineage, I will bless the world through you if you go. And it's amazing because as we prayed over that, we felt like we were at one of those moments. That for us as a church, for years and years and years, being a mobile church, setting up, tearing down stuff, and trying to rent spaces, we felt like God was saying, would you begin to move forward by faith towards something I'm calling you to? And we felt like what it was, was putting an anchor in this community to let them know we're not going anywhere. You know, 10 years ago when we started, everyone kind of like smiled when we're like, we're going to plant a church. And people are like, that's cute. Like, that's cute. We'll see where you're at, you know, in a year. We'll see what happens in a couple years. And then God kept moving and moving and moving and thousands of hours of service and hundreds of thousands of dollars into the community and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people giving their life to Jesus and hundreds of kids coming close to Jesus and one after another after another over the 10 years. And we felt like this was the moment where God was saying, put an anchor down and really just show we're here and we're not going anywhere. No matter how the world changes, right, we want to be this light in this community, and we begin to walk forward by faith, believing that God would provide. He would make a way. And it was all impossible, just like Abram's story. He's like, go to the place, I'll show you. And Abram just picks up everything and starts walking, and that's what we begin to do. It's amazing because Abram goes. He does the thing that God tells him to do. And it says this in Genesis 12, 7 through 9. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. And after that, after that, you would expect like God gave him his promise. Right? Like, he's like, if you go and you get there, I promise I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. And then he says, he goes and God appears, and you would think it would said, and after that, you would figure God's like, God gave him a son. He delivered on his promise, right? No. It says this after that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. And There he built another altar and dedicated to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. And then Abram, check out this, continued traveling south by stages towards the Negev. It's interesting as God says, if you go there, I have this promise for you. He gets there, we figure God's going to deliver on the promise, but that's not what really takes place. Abram just keeps kind of moving 
step by step by step. It says he moves south in stages to the Negev. The promise doesn't show up immediately. I mean, where's the kid, right? Why am I not famous? And why am I not occupying this great land? This is what you said. God has a promise, but when Abram gets there, what he does is this step-by-step-by-step forward motion. Let me tell you this today, because here's where we've been as a church over these last four years, and I wonder if some of you aren't in the exact same place, and that's why God brought you to be part of this church. Listen to me. God's promise is often a process. God's promise is actually often a process. It's not just something that you show up and it's given to you like you would expect like this. God says, I'll make you a great nation. I'll do all this. And you think he's going to show up and the promise is just going to show up. But that's not what happens. It's this process he steps into. Another way we could say this is this. The promise doesn't come without a process. The promise doesn't come without a process. A process is a series of actions that add up to an end, right? You have to manufacture something. You have to take it through a process, right? You want to accomplish something. You have to go through a process. It's a bunch of little steps that add up to something that's big. It doesn't happen all at once. The definition of a process is that it takes multiple steps to get to the end. And it's interesting because God delivers these promises, but very often what they look like is processes. This is what Abram had happen. He shows up and he just keeps moving. And you know, this is the case. What I've seen, right? Look at Abraham's life. I'll, I'll Real quick, I'll give you the short run of this, okay? He gets there, and you know what the next thing that happens is? There's a famine and he has to move to Egypt. Right after he gets to the place that God promises, there's not enough food for him to live there. And he's like, well, I guess in this season I have to go to Egypt for a moment so that my family can eat. And then after that, he has a family fight with his nephew, and the people he brought with him who were supposed to be his support system, they split, and his family went one direction, and his core family went another direction. Anyone have any family strife in their life, right? After that, his nephew is captured, and Abram has to build a militia and go and rescue his family back. Then, a natural disaster comes. God's judgment falls on Sodom and Gomorrah. And this insane natural disaster happens in the land he's in. And then he has to move to a foreign land once again because of what's going on. This story is long. It is nine chapters in as we keep reading this. You see, God's promise is often a process. I see this over and over and over again. These people who had these great promises, let me, let me give you a streamlined view of a couple of their characters we see in the Bible. There's this guy named Joseph. Joseph has a dream, and in this dream is a promise that he says he sees a place where he's going to be in such a prominent position that his family's going to come and bow down in front of him. And you know what happens next after God gives him this process, or this promise? The very next thing that happens is his brothers betray him and sell him into slavery. He goes into slavery, and then he faces a false accusation, and he goes to prison. Then he has a crazy opportunity to lead inside of Egypt. And then years and years later, during a famine, when his family is starving, they come and they bow before him as the leader in Egypt, and he sees it take place. You see, a promise came, but there was this massive process that Joseph went went through to get there. David. 
This, this prophet comes to David and he literally takes and anoints him. He's a young boy who's a shepherd. He pours oil on him and says, this kid's going to be the next king, the next king of Israel. And what happens next? Does he get brought to the kingdom and all of a sudden, you know, fast track towards the fact that he's going to be king? No, he goes back into the field and goes back into obscurity. No one hears from David for years. He's just a shepherd. He becomes a musician. And then there's this crazy challenge where this man named Goliath taunts the the community of God and he goes and fights. And because of that, does he become the king? No, he becomes a warrior. And he goes to war for years and years and years. He gains fame. And as his fame grows, the guy who's in charge, the king that he's serving doesn't love him. He betrays him. In fact, he tries to kill David, and David has to become a fugitive, so much so, you guys don't even know this, because some of you guys haven't read no Old Testament yet, David, the guy who will be the king, becomes a fugitive and literally pretends he is mentally incapacitated and hides in a different land. It says that he would let drool just run out of his mouth, and he would pretend that he was a nobody, that no one would know who he was, and he hid in obscurity so that no one could see who he was for years and years and years. It would have been interesting believing that promise on those mornings that you woke up, right? And that was your day, was trying to hide from everybody and pretend you were somebody you weren't? He becomes this leader and warrior, becomes a disputed king, and then years and years later, the promise comes true. He becomes the king. Listen, God's promise is often a process. If you feel a promise from God, it's likely not going to show up the next day. It's going to be something that God takes you through in a journey. That's been our story. In 2020, the promise was brought to us. But then all of a sudden, it wasn't like, yeah, and here it is. It was like closed door, closed door, closed door. We have three opportunities for different buildings. I literally said that on stage. A handful of weeks later, all three said no. And I was like, I have zero prospects for a building. In fact, I mean, literally, this building, I went to this guy multiple times. I said, hey, we're still really interested in your building. It's not for sale. It's not for sale. It wasn't for sale for years, not for sale. Until God did a miracle, and then all of a sudden he said, I'm not putting it up for sale. I'm making tons of money on it. I don't need to sell it, but if you guys want it, I'll sell it to you. You see, oftentimes God's promise, it comes through this process of trying to work it out. Obviously, when we got this building, I know you're like, it's kind of rough. Oh, it was way rougher. (laughs) I can show you pictures. It's literally like we dug a trench that's like 10 feet deep across the whole middle of this. It looked like Kosovo after being bombed in the middle of this building. It was just insane. You see, God's promise often comes with this process. And if you have a promise from God, or if you want a promise from God, I need you to get this. Because you will be tempted to not believe you're going towards the promise. I need you to get this, okay? You can't shortcut a promise to God. You can't shortcut it. Like, I'm going to skip the process and get to the promise. I'm just going to get right there. I can tell you, I I know that for a fact, because that's what Abram tried to do. Abram's wife said, this isn't working. I'm not getting pregnant. God said you were supposed to be this leader of many different people, right? Here's what you do. You take my servant. She'll become your wife. You have a kid through her. It'll be our kid. Your name will continue on. And Abram goes along with it. And it's interesting because God shows up to deliver the promise again in Genesis 17, 4 through 6. Check this out. I'm going to show you these three verses, but look how God, he, he shows Abram so clear. You can't skip the process. 
He says, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. Amazing. And look at this in verse 15. It says, Then God said to Abram, Regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless you richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. And then check this out. This great man of God in verse 18. He thinks that he can just go ahead and shortcut the process. Listen to what he says. So Abram said to God, may Ishmael, pause, Ishmael was the name of his son that he had with Haggai, the maidservant. Haggai was already about 15 years old. He was already becoming a man. He says, I'm going to make you this great nation. I'm going to, I'm going to give you this blessing. I'm going, to, I'm going to deliver on the promise. And listen what Abram says. He says this, may Ishmael love, live under your special blessing. But God replied, no. No. God just immediately cuts off. He's like, wait a second. No, you don't get to skip the process. You thought that you could just skip that and you could fix this instead of me delivering on my promise. He goes, no, Sarah, your wife will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants will be an everlasting covenant. You see, he tried to think, yeah, I'll just, I had this shortcut figured out. That's going to work, right? And God's like, no. No, my promise comes through my process. You want to skip my process? You don't get my promise. My promise comes through my process. You see, God didn't let Abram do this, and he doesn't let us do it as well. You can't shortcut to the promise. Listen, because the promise is in the process. I need you to get this. If you've ever felt a promise from God, okay? The way you get there is just as important as getting there. The way you get there is part of it. It's not just about the end goal. It's about the way that you get there. God is interested in the process that's meant to take you through this. You can't shortcut the process. But also, I need you to get this, okay? When you get close to it, You can't value that promise so much that you value it above the promise either. Abram did this. It's cool because God actually delivers. He gives him a son named Isaac. He's he's given him what he thinks this is the fulfillment of the promise. This is how I get there, right? This is how it happens. But check this out. God shows up and he says, here's what I need you to do. That son that I gave you, go ahead and go sacrifice him to me. I know I gave you a son, but what I want you to do is I want you to honor me first. So go ahead and go give him as a sacrifice to to me. And here's this moment where he's testing Abram's heart. Do you love the promise or do you love me? Are you all about what I've given you or are you about the person who's given it to you? I love this because he goes and he takes his son and he goes to sacrifice him to the Lord. It actually says that Abram thought, if I'm obedient to God, even if my son was to die, I believe that God could raise him back from the dead. It says in Genesis 22, 15 through 18, then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven 
And this is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son. Look at this. This tells you what this is about. He says, your only son. Your only son. Abram already had another son. Why would God say that that way? Because what he's talking about is this is the only son of the promise that I gave you. This is the only path by which you were supposed to experience that promise that I gave to you. So your only way to that, you gave to me in this moment. He says this, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies and through, the, and through excuse me, your descendants, all the nations of earth will be blessed all because you have obeyed me. And of course, we know that Jesus came through the lineage of Abraham and Isaac. God says, would you give up what you believe is the promise to me? Would you trust me with it? I need you to get that if you're coming close to a promise, you can't hold on to it so tight that you won't let God have access to it. Some of you, you've prayed for things, you've believed for things, and then you begin to see it happen. And what you do is instead of holding on to God, you grab hold of the promise and hold on to that. Some of you, you prayed and prayed and prayed for a job. God gave you a job, and then the job got in the way of your faith, and you held on to the job instead of God. Because I'm holding on to the promise. God's like, well, wait a second. Hold on to me. I'm the one who gave you that job. Some of you, you prayed and prayed and prayed that God would give you a wife. God would give you a husband. God would give you that significant other. And maybe in a season, they're actually kind of steering away, or maybe they're kind of pulling you away. And instead of following after God and leading your spouse towards him, you've just made compromise after compromise after compromise to be with the person you're with. Because you're holding on to the promise instead of holding on to him. You see, whatever God has for us, the promise that he's given to us, it's critical. You don't hold on to the gift, you hold on to the giver. You hold on to him, and he might even say, do you trust me with that promise I gave you? To see, do you really believe I'm the one who gave it to you? Because if you're just death-gripping that promise, all of a sudden you're not trusting God anymore. You're just trusting you can hold on to it. You see, God knows the why behind the process. He might even take us through a season like that because he knows that there's purpose inside of it, what he wants to do inside of it. If you don't go through the process, I need you to get this, you won't be able to keep the promise. You won't be able to keep it. I need you to get this too. Listen, you likely have more process ahead of you before the promise shows up. Does anyone else here struggle with patience? Man, month after month after month, I can tell you as we worked on this space, we were just like, I just want it to be here. I just want it to be here, right? I need you to get this. If you're holding on for a promise, if you're wanting to... See God do something in your life that's, that's miraculous. I just need you to get this. There's likely a lot more process than you think ahead of you. A lot more process than you think. I mean, God came to, to Abraham and he's like, you know, go and I'll make you a great nation and I'll make you this father of, of many people, right? And when this happened, get this, Abraham was 75 years old. And do you know when he had Isaac? When he was 100, this story is 25 years long. Now that's patience, right? God making a promise and it didn't come to pass for 25 
years. And you're like, what's taking God so long? What's taking him so long? What if the reality is, is the promise, it's part of that process? God didn't want to just give a son to Abram. He wanted to take him and make him into Abraham. You know, partway through this journey, he literally changes his name. It takes over 20 years, and then he says, you know, now your name is Abraham. And then the promise comes. Is it possible the reason why there's such a process is because God knows that he has to change us before he can get it in our hands? Because he wants to see us grow and develop and become someone different, just like Abram was. He started as Abram, and he became Abraham, and then the promise was delivered to him. I need you to get this. I love in Genesis 21, 1 through 2, it says this about when Isaac showed up. It says, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to his son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. I love that line. A year earlier, he showed up and said, a year from now, I'm going to come back. You're going to have a baby. And you could say, that's what it means. He said, a year from now, I'm going to show up. And, And sure enough, there's the baby, just as God said it was. But you know what? I wonder if that line means even more. It means 25 years ago. 25 years ago, when I made this promise, I'll deliver to you just when I say it's time. Because I know the right time. I know the right time to put the promise in your hands. You see, when we get a promise from God, when you want a promise from God, we have this tendency, especially in our culture, to want it McDonald's fast, right? Like pull up, hey, here's your promise, and be like, awesome, I'm going to pull forward, have it ready for me, right? But that's not how God works. What if it's going to take a while? What if, in fact, the promise is actually process? We have an eternal God, an eternal God. Pause and think about that for a second. How silly we must look talking to an eternal God being like, let's pick up the pace a little bit, right? (laughs) He's like, I was here before the earth even existed. I have always been a few years, just a blip. You see, I need you to get this. God's promises is often a process. And this is what it's been for us as a church. God made us a promise four years ago to move forward by faith, to plant an anchor in this community that God wanted to give us gifts so that we could do even better ministry in this area. And here, listen, today, we sit inside of that promise coming true. But listen to me, listen to me, and I truly mean this. You know what's more powerful than this promise? The process. The process. Because if in 2020, if I would have just told you, I think God wants us to do this, and then the very next thing that would have happened is like, and then somebody just gave us this finished building. We would have been like, this is amazing. It wouldn't have been nearly as amazing as the story that God was wanting to write. It wouldn't have been nearly as amazing as the process that God had for us in the next four years of saying, here's where we think God wants us to go. And then we went through all the steps where we said like, But we don't even have any options. So we need to pray because we don't even have a building idea yet. And then God delivered on that. And then we said, well, you know, the other problem is even if God delivers a building, we literally don't have any money. And then you guys gave and sacrificially 
put in to be able to make sure that we would have money to buy a building. And then we got in when this is not usable. This is going to be a process to make this into a space that we can use. And we see people sacrifice hours and weeks and months of their life. And so many of you coming here during Hope Week and serving and people who are here week in and week out pushing into this building and crafting it into a place where that we could worship Jesus inside of and send friends. That's the process that the beginning of this year, getting moving on all of this and then finding out we were too short, we didn't even have the money to complete it. And then you guys showing up and dumping an extra $200,000 into the project. You see, listen to me, the promise is awesome. But you know what I'm gonna be telling my kids about for years and years and years? I'm gonna be telling them about the process. I'm gonna be telling them about how amazing the process was on the way to the promise. Because God, that's what God had for us. He's so good, he didn't just give us the promise. He gave us the process. You know, I'll be honest with you, as we started working on this project, and as we were getting closer and closer and closer, and let me just tell you, for real, like Amy can attest, I'll just be really real with you. Some of those people are like, Cameron, you're so faithful. This last month, it's just like, I felt like a freight train was coming at my head the entire time. It's like no building, not sure if we can meet. I don't know how we're going to get this done. And just day after day after day, just like it's coming and it's going to run you over. But I remember I was talking to actually Deb Woods a few weeks ago, and I told her, I said, just kind of in an honest moment, I said, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm kind of disappointed because I was really hoping that we would have this building more done by the time people showed up. And Deb looked at me and she goes, you know, it's better this way. It's better this way. She says, because now when they show up, they get to see it come together. They get to see the pieces come together. And in the last few weeks, I realized she's right. Because if you just show up and you just see the promise, that's one thing. But the cool part about where we're at right now as a church is when you show up, you get to see the process. You get to be part of the process of us figuring this out and working it out together. Friends, some of you listen, you've heard a promise from God and you've been holding on to it, but it's not happening. And you've been wondering if something's wrong with you or if something's wrong with God and neither is true. You're just in the process. Don't give up on the process. You're like, I don't understand why it's taking so long, though. I don't understand why it's not happening. I love this, Isaiah 55, 8 through 13. Read this with me. God says this to his people, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stand the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same way with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. Listen to me. If God makes a promise, it comes to pass. God says, when I send out my word, it always produces fruit. It never falls short. He says, it will accomplish all I want it to. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. For you will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. 
Look at this. This seems like it's a throwaway, but I think it's the key to understanding his process. Look at He says this. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. And these events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They'll be an everlasting sign of his power and his love. Listen to, you, some, listen to me. Some of you have been holding on to a promise and it hasn't been happening. But let me just tell you, it's not like you've been missing out. I wholeheartedly believe right now you're in the process. And I wonder if you stopped and you looked at your life, all of a sudden you'd realize, you know, where there used to be nettles in my life, there are beautiful things growing now. Where there used to be sharp and pointy things that were hurting myself, hurting others around me, you know, on this process, God has been growing things beautiful inside of it. I might not be at the place yet where I fully see the the promise, but I can tell you in the process, God has grown some beautiful things inside me. And maybe the reason why the promise hasn't showed up yet is because God's not done working in me, growing something beautiful in me. If any of you feel like you've been off the path or you've been the person who tried to run the shortcut, listen to me, friends, turn back. You can't cheat the system. You can't fight against it. But I promise you this, if you go back and you get in that place, if you stay in the process, you'll get to the promise because God's word always comes to pass. For any more of you today, I would just say this. The greatest promise that God ever gave to us were these words, John 3, 16 and 17. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, just like Abraham. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God made this promise to us. If you stop trying to live your life on your own plan, if you stop trying to earn a good relationship with God by your own performance, and instead, if you accept Jesus' gift on the cross, when he died in your place and he said, I offer you my righteousness, if you will take it as a gift, he said, you will be forgiven. Every sin will be wiped away, the record of wrongs in your life, the shames, and all the different things that you have done that you, you shudder to think about, that Christ will wipe them away and he will make you new. And you will begin to live anew today. And someday, of course, when this body breaks down, you will go on into heaven and you will spend eternity with him. Friend, you are an eternal being and God has already made a way to set right that eternal soul. I would love to invite you to do this. Would you close your eyes and would you bow your heads just for one second as we wrap up? This is just to give you some space. First of all, I pray right now for anybody that you've been struggling holding on to the promise. Is there anyone struggling to hold on to a promise right now? Can you throw up your hands with me right now? If you're struggling, hold them up for a second. God, you see these hands. Just people who go like, man, I believe you have a promise, but it's just been so hard to hold on to. And I pray right now, God, that you would send your spirit just to give supernatural strength and say, I got you in a process and I can get you through it. My word never goes out void. If you're in the middle of a process, I'm doing the work inside of you and I'm bringing you to the place where the promise is gonna become true. But I pray, God, you'd send the Holy Spirit to help us because we can't do this on our own. We can't walk out this process on our own if you're not giving us strength. You can put down your hands. And then just one more thing. If there's any of you today that you need a relationship with Jesus, you need to accept that promise. Let me just, let me be real with you, okay? It's gonna be a process. But God's salvation is this promise where he says, if you take my hand, if you let me forgive your sins, 
I promise you, you will be forgiven. You will go on into eternity when you die. You will have new life here and now. Friends, it'll be a process. But if you want to accept that promise, do me a favor right now. No one's looking around. It's just between you and God. You can feel if it's you right now, though, because you can feel the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart, saying, don't fight me on this. I have something good for you. If it's you right now, one, two, three, you shoot up your hands. One, two, three, put up your hands. Yeah, keep them up for a second. I see you over here, ma'am. Yeah, I see you, ma'am. Absolutely. Yep. Anyone else today? I see you over here, ma'am. Yeah, I see you back there, sir. And you can just put down your hands in this moment and we're just gonna say a prayer together. And the prayer is just to guide our hearts. If you've prayed this prayer before, would you pray it with them? We're gonna all pray this out loud and give this voice as we all pray this together, believing God can do what he said he can do if we just simply accept it. Would you pray this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying in my place. Please become the king of my life and take hold of my eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, can you celebrate with people who took steps to salvation today? Can you celebrate with them, man?